you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. Hey, y'all. It's another Open Bar Talk podcast, the uh, most amazing bartending podcast you will ever hear in your life. Uh, this week, uh, you know, we're staying true to the new series, the uh, new series that we're jumping into right now in uh, talking to the bouncers of the world, because if you have ever been in a bar, you understand that uh, bouncers and security are uh, so much a part of the life of, uh, of being at a bar. So I thought it'd be dope to, uh, to get into uh, their lives and talk to them about the crazy shit that they've seen. Uh, but before I introduce the guest, I want to uh, plug everything so you know where to find the show. Uh, if you want to email the show, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, you can go on Instagram, find us at openbartalk. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm at Jim Search on all social media, jimsearchcomedy.com. It's another good place to get a hold of me. If you're trying to download this show, here's how you do it. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Everywhere where you find a podcast is where you can find this show. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, for God's sakes. That is how people find out about this show. And that's how, hopefully, I turn this into a Patreon and I make a million dollars and I never have to work a day job in my life. So it's up to you to make that happen for me. Uh, but without further ado, I'm very excited to uh, introduce our guest here today, um, you know, Anytime I can get somebody from uh, my dear, beloved hometown of Binghamton, New York, I make that opportunity. And uh, this dude has uh, has worked all over the country and including uh, the Binghamton area. So I'm very pumped to hear the stories. Brian Shepard, sir, how are you doing, man? What's going on? Good. What's going on, Jim? How you been, brother? Uh, you know, just uh, living, the, living the COVID dream, uh, right. as I was saying. This is the magic that is uh, our world right now. But, you know, look. I'm healthy, you know. I'm uh, I'm halfway vaccinated, which is uh, which is right. So you know, I really and I had it. You had it already? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, kicked, it kicked your ass. Yeah, I haven't been that sick in probably twenty twenty five years. Jesus Christ, man! How yeah, how never had the flu shot? Never got a flu shot. The only thing I had close to this was called the enterovirus, and the only thing they could give 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 you for it was morphine jesus christ man. This, this was uh this i was a day from going in and i had talked to my primary and talked to my doctors and they said if you can't breathe by tomorrow you need to go to the er jesus but well luckily you bent the corner man right i laid on my stomach and i i, I help i don't know where my mom heard that from she told me to lay on my stomach and that and that did the trick I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to give my mom credit for this one. Right, right. right. <laughs> she, you know, Dr. Fauci uh, is who he is for a reason. Right. Uh, but, well, you know, glad glad to see that you are healthy, you are living, um, and we are ready to talk about the life and times of Brian Shepard and his world of bouncing. So, you know, right. let's, uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into, into the world. Oh, uh, I got into bouncing at, I believe I was actually, I started, I was 17 and I don't know if you remember back in the day was, uh, 
uh, ENT catering. Mm, no. They used to have, this is probably way before your time, they used to have a teen night. Okay. I'm familiar with teen night. Uh, yeah. I know the Eclipse used to, you know, yeah. they used to do that shit all the time and all those little yeah. clubs in Binghamton would do yeah. it. This, this was out in End, end Well. I used okay. to wash, I, I washed dishes during the week. Right. And then bounced on, I think they used to have it once a month. Mm-hmm. And it was it was huge. It was a it was a catering service, but they'd open up the hall and they had a huge DJ sound system and it was pretty big. But that wasn't really, I mean, kids. I was a kid myself, so. But I first started with uh, the executive inn. Okay. And it was the 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 hotel was the executive inn, but the the bar was called the lodge. The Lodge. Okay. Yeah. And that was which was interesting. <laughs> now I should point out that when anyone describes something as interesting in this world, that means so much. Yeah. <laughs> it was everything. Okay. Well tell it what Every, like everything you would just at at eighteen years old to see you're you're introduced and I wasn't I wasn't a sheltered kid, but you know, you're you're eighteen years old and you you think you know how the world runs until you actually see adults at right. play. And it's it's a lot different than you would imagine. Which, you know, that's interesting that, you know, at like eighteen you were bouncing at a bar where there's like, I don't know, for in this oh, grown ups, yeah. right? But you got to think, when I graduated high school, I was 6'2", maybe 235. Jeez. Yo, you're a big dude, bro. That that summer, I hit a growth spurt. And and I shot up three inches and put on probably about 60, 70 pounds. So I've I've always been a big person. Right. Jesus Christ. I'm I'm 6'5", probably about 340 right now. But even back then, I was... 290 pounds, six foot five at 18 years old. So I looked a lot older than I actually was. And I would, and you know, I mean, we, I, I'm of a certain age or a certain age as well. 18 year old strength. If you could bottle that in a fuck, like if I could bottle my strength at 18 years old, Jesus Christ. Like, so to be somebody your size, bro, you were, yeah, you're, 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 I was a big big person. So, but I was always they there's there's downsides to being because with 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 the bar atmosphere the the beer muscles and right i'm the biggest guy and hey you (laughs) so it was always from from day one right i was always tested which i mean and it's crazy because it's like i feel like and you could speak to this but it's like when you're bouncing right and someone's like yo i'm a i'm a fuck up the bouncer it's like no you're not no no <laughs> a friend of mine always told me a six pack against none you'll never win nope I it's i don't care how strong you think you are if you if i'm not drinking and you are it's not a contest and, you know, it's crazy because um, a couple episodes ago, uh, I was talking to another bouncer about it. I'm just like, look, you know, you, you, a lot of these fucking assholes forget it's just like your reaction time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, like, it's so slow. 
compared yeah. to you who's been standing there just like, I know what you're about to do. Right. You can see it coming a mile away. You're yeah. not you're not as strong as you think you are at this present moment. <laughs> it, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it just, it, it never worked out in their favor. Put it no, that way. I, yep. I've never, yeah, and I, hey man, as a bar patron and having talked to a bouncer before, yeah. I've seen it. I've watched a yeah. guy, I watched the guys be like, yo man, yo, fuck you. I'm fucking leaving. And it's like, you sure? Okay. <laughs> Watch this. Yeah. Check out what happens next. Right. <laughs> you ready for this? So, right. so, all right. So you start at the lodge, right? You're right. 18 years old. What was like the first couple times? Because this is like your first. I mean, you like bounce tea nights and stuff, but yeah. like this is kind of like the. I guess the big. I mean, this is like the yeah. big leagues, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. you scared shitless. Yeah, the first couple. The first couple times. I mean, I've been in tons and tons and tons of street fights, mm-hmm. but it was with people. Mine. I mean, you're talking about grown men. Grown man strength is a lot different than eighteen year old strength. Sure. And I was. I was, I was a, a horse back then, but at the same time, I'm still a kid. I'm 18 years old. Right. I'm stronger than the average man, but man strength is a, is a lot. Man, man knowledge is a lot different than sure. just a kid. But it was, I think the first, the first bar fight I got into, it was just all reaction. I mean, okay. I played athletics all my life, so I was used to football and basketball and wrestling. And I think once I got over that first initial, whoa, this is actually a bar fight. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't as. Uh, it wasn't as scary anymore. I should. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, and also, and you know. Was it so? Let me ask you: Was it just you? Was it, were you the only guy, or were you on a team? Were you? It was. I was at the back door, and there was a there was a guy up front who self proclaimed karate master. You <laughs> look, and I and I don't know if you know, I fought professionally for eight years, nine years. Oh shit! Like boxing, kickboxing. Oh. I wouldn't actually. I was doing MMA when there was no money in it. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It, uh, he, you looking back now, he, you know, he didn't know, no, he didn't know anything. So, right. But he was, he, he wasn't afraid, which was good. Sure. But by the time, if he got something going on up front and, and by the time I saw it or, Somebody came and got me, you know, he's in the thick of it. So, okay. Right. I mean, he wasn't a bad partner, but he wasn't, he wasn't somebody that I'd go to war with, <laughs> but it's, it's the, it's the job. So you don't, you can't pick but exactly yeah, who just, you work with. Two of us. No, there was just two of us and it really never got that busy. Okay. I'd say maybe 50, 60 people tops. Um, so now, so let me ask you, um, what was it like, like bartenders, like remember their first, like couple customers. I'm mm-hmm. curious, like, do you remember the first people that you bounced out of a bar that you, yeah, the so- first time I actually, 
The first time I actually had to kick somebody's ass, he had gone, and he was a good size, good size country boy. He had gone after the bartender who was who was the friend that got me the job. Okay, gone after him. He went after somebody else. He went after an off-duty cop, and every somebody had gotten in between all of them. Okay, so like. He went after my friend. Somebody broke it up. He went after the other bouncer. Somebody stepped in between. Right. He went after, he went after the cop, the off-duty cop, who used to come in all the time. He was a nice guy. Right. Somebody got in between them. He turns and <laughs> comes after me. And all I remember is the cop saying, light him up. And I, just <laughs> un- I just unloaded on him one punch. And I saw his eyes roll in the back of his head. And he fell. Right. So me being like, you know, trying to trying to be tough, I stepped over him and I said, Good night, motherfucker. <laughs> but I saw I saw blood pooling into his eyes. Oh shit. It, it scared the shit out of me. Cause he started shaking and he's like bleeding. Oh I fuck, broke, man. I broke his nose, but it came through. <gasps> Yo. So he's bleeding. <laughs> He's bleeding all over the place. So I mosey on back in <laughs> and he wakes up and I don't want no part of him. No. He's going crazy. He's bleeding everything. And this is back when like AIDS was still AIDS. Right, right, right. So he's bleeding everywhere and I just stayed inside. And they, Holy. Called, they, they called the real cops and they came and got him. And, but oh. yeah, it, it, it scared me because... You know, it was, that's the first time it really hurt somebody like that. Now, so like, so you, so that happens, right? And you're like, I just fucking lay this dude out. Did that like going into like the next couple times, did you like think like, all right, I can't just fucking level people. Like I got to like yoke them up or like, how did, did that impact how you moved? Back then it really wasn't like now it's like, I was, I I would subdue somebody or, you know, try to put him in something or just kind of just try to like, but back then it was just like either just knock him out or <laughs> just it, start crawling. You know, it's funny you say that, Brian, because like I always used to make this joke uh, when I would go out in like Binghamton and it's really specific to Binghamton because I've like, you know, I've partied in New York City, mm-hmm. I've partied across the country, but like it's not quite like Binghamton in so much that like I can remember a time when um, if you were at a bar and you beat someone up, you got to stay. You were right. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was, it was all, yeah, I beat, I had, like I said, I had plenty of street fights. And right. Remember, I beat up people outside of Uncle Tony's. Sure, sure. And then just walked right in. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, all, it was nothing like it is now. Yeah, the very, it's a very different fucking circumstance, right? Yeah. So, so you, so you were, uh, so you're working in, um, and with the lodge, right? And yeah. Now, after that, like you said, you've you worked across the country. Yeah. How, how did you get into like work, like security? I guess in these different cities. Well, after college, because I I waited a few years before I went went to college. You know, I played football in college, and I uh, came home, and I was a youth corrections officer in uh, Brooklyndale. 
maximum okay. security, maximum security. They were just, they're convicted felons, but they were just kids. Right. I had them up till 21. And at the time I'm only 24, 25. So I'm not much older than these kids. So I learned a lot of, you know, I learned how to move security wise and mm-hmm. corrections officer wise through that started a business and we were really, really successful here. And then, uh, I got into kickboxing and like MMA back in 90, I want to say 99. Okay. And started training out of Syracuse and had a few fights in Boston and Massachusetts because uh, close fist was legal, illegal back then. Oh, okay. On the East Coast. So we used to uh, slap fight. They just call it uh, pancreas. Okay. So I wanted to pursue it full time, moved out to Vegas, uh, moved out to Vegas in 2002 and fought in worked security. It was the best. It was, it, it went hand in hand and got it. Okay. That's, that's when I really started like bouncing in like big cities and working like bodyguarding and stuff like that so 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 let me ask you so you you know you were bouncing in binghamton around or around Mm -hmm. the area right yeah you go out to vegas and then you start bouncing again yeah did it feel like not like the first day necessarily all over again but like what was it like i guess being in the big sit like because i mean i gotta think i mean i think anyone would think that like life in life in a bar in Vegas is very different than the lodge, you know? So like, what was that? What was that like those first runs? It was actually, I don't want to say it was easier because it was more dangerous. Right. Yeah. But I knew I, you got to think this is, this isn't the, this isn't like MMA. It is now where everybody knows what the UFC is. Everybody knows somebody that fights. Right. This is, almost 20 years ago nobody knew what this shit was Mm -hmm. so i knew more than 90 and and the guys i worked with they all fought okay so it was you've got a security staff of 10 guys Mm -hmm. eight of them are trained fighters right we know more than 99.6 percent of the population right Okay. So it was was like, all right, this is, it's almost like stealing money. Sure. Yeah. Because there were, there was never a threat. If there was a fight, we all had each other's back. It was, it was fun. It was actually fun until they came in and started shooting. (laughs) That's, that's, yeah. That's the great equalizer. Yeah, yeah, that uh, it's all fun and games until right. somebody, somebody uh, shooting. they start shooting, and then it doesn't really matter how yeah. much you know at that point. No, cause... no, because you're not good. You're not going to armbar a bullet. No, no, they those bullets move a little bit quicker, uh, right. right? So, so talk. So, tell us a little bit about. So, you said you were um, you were doing security for folks too, as well. Yeah, it was it was bodyguarding. Uh, the biggest. Actually, I said the biggest client I ever had was Jamie Foxx. Oh, okay. Dope. But the most money I ever made was a little Arab dude 
who would make me, I'd walk, he didn't make me, but right. I would walk him across the street. I'd walk him through a bar. He'd look for somebody, couldn't find him, went to another club. And a little backstory on that. He had a lot of baby mama drama. Maybe ah. he's, he's very, 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 very wealthy. Okay. He gives me a stack of money. He goes, just give, give the bartenders, you know, just tip them so we can go. Cause I don't know if you were familiar with, uh, it was called body English back in the day, but it's babies, babies. casino. it was in, uh, the hard rock casino in Vegas. Uh, yeah. I'm- and they had, uh, probably six or seven VIP rooms. Okay. So he was looking for his baby mama. Now, was this one of them or was he looking to have another one? I guess. No, he was looking for, he was looking for one specific one. Okay. Got it. Got it. So he gives me a lot of money. Okay. You know, in in the bar, you don't, you don't look at your tips and, uh, you you know that. Yeah. So he gives it to me. I go up to each bouncer. Hey, do you mind if me and my friend look in? He's looking for somebody. Do you mind if we... No, no, no. Come on in. Come on in. Okay. Nothing. Go to the next VIP room. I give the bouncer... Oh, no, no. Come on in. Come on in. Why are they getting so excited? Right. Oh, if you ever need anything, just come back. Look for me. My name is Jimmy. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just anything you need, I got you. Okay. We do this four or five times. In the same club? In the same club. Okay, got it. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, why are these guys so excited? So I look down. He gave me a stack of hundreds. Yo. So I'm walking around tipping these guys $100 just to look in the room. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just yes. to look in and we leave. Prop 20, 30 minutes tops. We go back across the street. He goes in his back pocket, daps me up. Hey, man, appreciate it. This is all I got right now. Enjoy yourself. I'm like, okay. So I'm not, I'm not thinking nothing of it. I'm, sure. I'm sitting there. We go back over to the strip club, and they had a masseuse there. So I'm getting a massage and watching the entertainment. And mm-hmm. uh, I go, I go, hey, how much is it? She's like, oh, it's twenty bucks. I go in my back pocket. 50, 50, 100, 100, 100, 100. He gave me $800. What? For literally no more than 40 minutes. That's fucking bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. And you you, you had a lot of that. You, yeah. you had a lot of that out in Vegas. Now, uh, was he like a, uh, was that like a repeat, like client? Oh, yeah. Or, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine, actually, he couldn't do it that night, so he got me to do it. Right. But I, did, I I worked with him probably three or four times. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. Probably yeah. at the time, maybe 35, 36. He, I don't know I, where he got money from, but he had a lot of it. I was going to say, bro, like he's, uh, I was going to ask, like, what yeah. does he do? But then I'm like, you know what, you know, Jim? Don't, yeah. Not my business. Don't, not sometimes my business. You just, sometimes you just don't. You just don't ask. You that money. Like that. that money's going to spend if I do or don't know. 
Right. So, right. so I'm not going to ask where I came from. So nope. now, so Vegas is its own uh, world, right? Yeah, now absolutely. you said, so you said you worked up and down the West coast. Were you out in LA? Like you said you were on the, where, where were you? I did. There? I had a lot of friends in LA. I didn't work so much. And we'd go take weekend trips out to LA, but nothing mm-hmm. as far as like, not like Vegas. Gotcha. Like I did, I did most of my work. I was in Vegas from 2002 to about 2007, 2008. Okay. And all bouncing, like, or yeah, you, were, was, you were fighting as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it was all security. And I, I was a carpenter also, but it was mainly security. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I've yeah. never, I, I haven't been out to Vegas. I mean, not now, <laughs> not, not trying to travel so far. Um, but you know, it's always been, it's on my list, you know, yeah. obviously it's a different time when you were out there, yeah. but I mean, it just seems like such like a wild environment, you know what it, I mean? Like it's, it's, it's Caligula, it's debauchery. <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy. It's 24 hours a day, a thousand miles an hour. And uh, I mean, and I got to think like, I mean, as security, not only like, cause you know, I, you know, we've had uh, other bouncers, security staff on mm-hmm. the podcast, but like, you know, there's, it's a pretty, it's a lucrative business. I mean, it goes, yeah, yeah. Saying, you can make some really good money. So I can, I had, imagine- a, I, had a, I had a lot of friends that made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I got I got friends that still do it to this day. Yeah, if you're, I, if you're smart with your money, you can. I know guys that that they're damn near millionaires from security. That I believe it. I believe it. I mean, and you know, it, the, obviously, and this goes without saying, but you know, the higher you go up, you know, mm-hmm. the more, yeah, now, the more dangerous it probably. Although I wonder, like the the it seems as if like. Like you were saying, not that it's easy, but mm-hmm. the 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 walls are so fortified. Yeah, you know, that when you're working like security detail, it's like right. you're on it. You know what I yeah. mean? But like I said, the great equalizer is when somebody starts shooting. A friend of mine, uh, uh, great story, and I, I mean it's great that he lived. But she's <laughs> oh, all right. NBA All Star Weekend, two thousand. 2005-2006 mm-hmm. we're all working different spots they called me to work at uh, I forget somebody was throwing a party it was the night I worked with Jamie Foxx okay. and thousands of people huge fight breaks out the cops are right around the corner mm-hmm. and they just come in that's the first time I saw somebody tased it was hilarious <laughs> Sorry, that's the like, lady, the girl. She jumped on a cop, and the, she didn't see her partner behind him, and she got hit with the taser, and they cleared it. But oof. that was the weekend that uh, Pac-Man Jones mm. allegedly shot somebody. Sprinkle was, allegedly, right. allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Yep. Yeah, my friend happened to be on the receiving end of. Two, two or three of those bullets. Yo. Yeah. Fuck, it, man. It was crazy because we all got, I got home at like 6, 6.30 in the morning. A friend of mine calls me at 7. 
and right. I'm watching the news and you see like, you know, shooting at, I forget the name of the strip club. Mm-hmm. And I go, I just, I hope it wasn't him. That's right. the first thing that went through my mind. Friend of mine calls like 10 minutes later. Hey, did you hear about Aaron? I'm like, oh, shit. Ah, that sucks. Got him, shot him in the forearm, shattered his forearm, shot him in the neck, and it came out of his shoulder. And he, he was lucky because he jumped through the door. The other bouncer was shot through the, shot through the chest and blew out his spine, paralyzed him for life. Holy shit. Shot one of the dancers in the head. Holy shit, man. Because they were walking her to the car. It's like, it's the, cra- it's the craziest story. That's also bonkers. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy story. Just because, I, I don't know if you were familiar with like that, how they used to do like the, they would bring their own dancers. Uh, you mean like celebrity? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like they, back in the day. They would rent, like, because that was All-Star Weekend, they rented out the strip club. Okay. It was some crew from Texas. They came up. They rented out the strip club and brought their own dancers. I didn't know that was, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you just had what was there. I didn't know you could bring your own. It's crazy how it works because they brought their own dancers, but some of the dancers locally don't know how it runs okay so that night it was i, I believe it was nelly <laughs> it was nelly like oh, a whole okay. bunch of celebrities like rappers celebrities sure they threw i believe eighty thousand dollars on the stage and the girls just stand there and sure right, right, right. It's, a, it's a whole act they come and they pick it up and they put it in the bags well one of the local girls didn't she said shit i'm going for mine Right, yeah, yeah. Goes, goes and starts picking up money, putting it in her bag. Right, right, right. Well, somebody comes and checks her, so security comes up. Hey, take your hands off of her, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Somebody gets hit with a... Oh, my friend gets hit with a champagne bottle. Which so is now, fuck, Which doesn't break. Right, Those right. are fucking like a brick. Right. So he pulls out the wand and he's ready to just start blasting people. Sure. So they break it up. They kick out Pac-Man and his crew. Okay. Not knowing that they're waiting for this girl outside. Oh, Jesus. She goes outside with two bouncers. One of them's my friend and somebody just got to dumping and shot everybody. God damn, man. So, yeah, that was that was nuts. Vegas yeah. is crazy. It, I mean, look, I'll tell you right now, dude, like, you know, and we talk about just like the life of bouncing and everything and how you, yeah. you earned every dollar that night. Yeah, yeah, they got you, the money that night. They you know what I'm money. saying? They earned their money. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, so you've worked, so you're working in Vegas. Did you ever work, like, because you work in clubs and things like that, did you ever work any of those, like, dive bars, like, off the strip, or were you mostly in the big... I, I wish I could remember the name. I worked at a lounge called the Ice House. 
Ha <laughs> ha, ice house. No, no, not that ice house. <laughs> <laughs> now you speak, Brian, now you're speaking right. my language, buddy. Uh, for listeners. I, also work, I come to think about, I also work there. Oh, no shit. I worked there when it, I worked there when it was Bobby D. Jr. I was going to say, because it wasn't, it was Bobby D. Jr.'s before yeah, it was uh, ice yeah. house. I was the ice house. It was era. a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That, that bar was a lot of fun. Um, now I hear it's not so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, not no, a lot of fun to be had there. No, no, now it's not so much fun. But I worked lounges and there was a, there was a little dive bar up, up closer to the north side of Las Vegas. And it was cool, but they, you know, they had their, their mosh pit nights and. That just sounds like a horrible like idea. But actually, it was it was a cool crowd. They really? they did it all out, and they'd slam into you, and you'd throw them around. And at the end of the night, they'd shake your hand and walk away. I, I stand corrected. It just, yeah. but you could understand why on the front end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that just sounds, sounds like people are just getting a fight. But right. no. I feel like everybody has the expectation yeah. now that I think about it. Right? Yeah. So. So you were so well. All right, let's uh, let's jump back to Bobby D's. Like, because I mean, look, this right. is how many how many bouncers am I going to have on this podcast that are going to know that are going to be in that light? So right. tell me tell me a little bit about Bobby D Juniors. Bobby D Juniors was fun. We had that that was for for Binghamton. That mm-hmm. was a squad, like right. a bounce. Squad, like if you dare do anything in that in that place back then, and we're talking 90, 93, 94. Okay. If you did anything there, you paid for it. Shit, I, remember, I remember they used to have dollar Labatt's night and dollar okay. Mulch night and always a dollar. And it was always the guy at the end of the night that would buy 12 with like 15 minutes left and he's sitting there and he's just nursing one and he's got 10 full bottles of beer oh boy knowing he's not going to slam them in 10 minutes right exactly so we go and i take and i'm like hey you gotta start wrapping it up you got 10 minutes to go uh, and he's he's still nursing that one the lights come on you gotta go and sure when did you, how, how old are you? I'm, I'm 39. Okay. So yeah, it was, the lights came on and we started screaming, get the fuck out. <laughs> there was no, oh, Hey, it's time to go. No, yeah. screaming, get the fuck out of here. And we go around and we're like physically <laughs> pushing people and moving people. And I came back to that guy and I said, the next time I come around, you better be gone. Right. And I did my loop, and he's still nursing his beer. So I grabbed them all. I put them on the bar. The bartender pours them out. <laughs> he comes after me, and I hit him with like a like a, uh, a Dudley Boy's forearm shiver. Sure, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> me and him start tussling. And the rest of the bouncers, they took them. They, like, snatched them away from me. Right. And they beat the brakes off of them. I, like, it was instant. Like, you just, you you didn't, anything that happened in that bar, 
if it was inside, God bless you because you paid for it. I saw people just get, they tried and they got the brakes beat off. Jesus Christ, man. And you think, you know what, though? It's interesting because you think, like, not that this is going to stop anybody, but, like, the reputation eventually has to be like, yo, don't yeah. fuck around in that bar. We didn't get, we didn't really get too many fights in there. It was that, honestly, for those, the, from 93 to, till I left for school, it was a great job. We had right. fun there. Mm-hmm. We had fun. Never really any crazy fights. I mean, occasionally you'd get an asshole, but then you and me was taken care of immediately. Right. You know, and it's, yeah, I mean, I feel like, like to that point, right, of just like, there aren't a lot of fights, but when there are. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that yeah. hits the fan. I mean, right? our, our bartending staff was just as big as the bouncers. I mean, yeah. our, our our bartenders would hop the bar to get to get into fights. Jesus Christ! Like man. we didn't have to worry about the bartenders, or that they were they were they would protect us half the time. See, you know, it's I, and I believe that, and the reason I say that right is because this is it brings me to my point is when I've tried to explain to people in New York like what like going out in Binghamton's like, like I partied mm-hmm. in New York. I've been here, we'll yeah. say, 14 years, right? So I've been out a lot. Right. I can I can maybe count on one hand the number of fights that I've seen in, like, 13 years in New York. It just right. doesn't happen, right? But when I explain what a night out in Binghamton is, I'm like, there's a fight. Like, I guarantee you. Yeah, you know, somebody's going to end up fighting. There's going to be a fight Friday, Saturday night. And, yeah. you know, it, it's just, that's just the way it goes. And it's funny because, like, folks in Binghamton will be like, I don't want to party in New York City, man. That shit sounds dangerous. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I've, talking- I've, gone, I've gone out in New York City and, and I had the time of my life. It's a blast. Like, yeah. there ain't going to be a fight. You know, yeah. you're going to, you're just going to have a good fucking time, man. Yeah. Now, let me ask you. Go down, go down to the rat stiller on a Saturday night. And, it, yeah, put a type. Type your boots, man. Get ready. Right. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. So, over your, your career of security and bouncing, mm-hmm. um, what is the one thing that you learned about life through your job? Like, what's the one lesson you feel like you, you learned from all this? You have to treat people with respect. Mm. You can't. How do I? You, I learned because everybody always looked at me like, oh, he's a big guy. He's blah, blah. I learned how to talk to people. Interesting. I learned how to communicate. I learned how to diffuse situations. Because if I'm coming at you, you can't meet anger with anger unless you have to. Right. A lot of times it was misunderstanding. If I could talk to somebody, they would, oh, oh, okay. Because, I, right. I mean, I also worked in Atlanta. Okay. Which was, it, I, I want to say Atlanta was a lot more dangerous than Las Vegas. Interesting. Because it was, I mean, Atlanta is Atlanta. I've, and, I've been through there a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I was the VIP. It wasn't even a door; it was a rope. So I worked the rope, 
okay. at the Velvet Room. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Velvet Room at the time was the biggest club in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I met every rapper, MC, celebrity that was in Atlanta from 2007 to 2011. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I've seen... I've seen young Jeezy come in and he's throwing up his gang signs and talking to people in the crowd. And you're like, okay, all right. I see who's here. Yep. BMF at the time. Yep. They were still, they were still heavy in the streets. And I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of crazy shit in Atlanta. I, a lot of, I saw more, I say I saw more crazy shit in Atlanta than I did in Vegas. I, you know, it, given like the timeline when you're talking about and like the, the two yeah. folks that you've mentioned, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was a different, I mean, whole, yeah. we could, that's a whole other podcast, just yeah, that, that era, you know, yeah. just that era from 2000, I was, cause you got to think the BM, BMF that big Meech was busted. I think the year before I got there, like 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. I got there in 2007 when guys were still getting indicted and, but they're still free. And sure. There's <laughs> like, they're the nicest guys, mm-hmm. nicest guys, but <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a side to them and they're, there's no exaggeration when they say they're 50 to a hundred D. I, I mean, I've seen, you know, obviously like I wasn't, there yeah. right but like i i know enough of history and know the research right, right, and know right. the know that story of just like i absolutely fucking who believe. they are who they really are yeah yeah so 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 the lesson the lesson learned here through all this is mm-hmm. you gotta know how to communicate and treat people with you respect. have to you have to that That's, whole that whole might is right and i'm gonna beat no you can't you, you can't you just you can't you can't have a, a not even a career. You just can't sustain that type of energy in that environment. It'll get you killed. Right. Well, you know that's it's funny, funny, but you know, yeah. as you say that of how throughout our conversation of how like it's all changes when you get a gun, yeah. and you never know, right? Yeah. You never know who's got a pistol on the other side right. of that conversation, right? Yeah. So. You know, valuable lesson. Even outside of that, you got to learn how to talk to people, yeah. and you treat a motherfucker with respect. Yeah, goes a long way. You got to know how to use your big people words. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be an adult sometimes. Because I've had uh, Yeah, you really do. That whole I'm gonna beat your ass and kick you. It's like, look, let me talk. Come here. Yeah, and you you almost have to explain things to people like they're four, especially if they've been drinking. Yep. Yeah. It's it's funny how reasoning uh reasoning kind of goes out the window when you have a couple uh uh a couple drinks inside you. Now Absolutely. All right. So listen, thank you, Brian, for sharing your story, man. You know, you got oh, I mean, absolutely, man. It's good class. I feel like I could have you back on another episode, man. You got I feel like we yeah, just scratched dude, the surface. I we, got him for days, man. I was gonna. This is. I mean, you may be. Yeah, I mean, you may. You may be back on here, man. So, all right. So, listen. We're gonna get into our our next segment of the show, which is called "What Were You Drinking?" Now, 
Binghamtonian to Binghamtonian, you should know this, this goes without saying that I have a very messy timeline and that there are people mm-hmm. who post things that I can only think that they're drunk because no right. reasonable sober human being would volunteer this information uh, mm-hmm. unless they were drinking. So right. as we've heard your storied career, uh, you have seen people drunk. Um, you've right. seen them drunk uh, in many different shapes and forms. So this segment of the show, we're going to rely on your expertise and knowledge of what someone was drinking when they wrote what they wrote. Okay. okay. So here we go. <clears throat> Apparently, this asshole lives near me. Anyone who has this direct address will get a nice surprise from me. Message me right now. What do you think they were drinking when they wrote that? Say it again. All right. Here we go. Apparently, this asshole lives near me. Okay. Anyone who has his direct address will get a nice surprise from me. Message me. Man or a woman? It's a woman. Wine. <laughs> what? Immediate wine. What, what type of wine? What, what, red or white? Uh, Riesling. Riesling. This is a... Th- wine. This is... White wine. This is white wine threats. Is right. what's happening right now? Yeah. A, yeah. a violent. These are, these are wine, I'm, these are my. I'm tough. White wine. White wine threats. Mm, okay, I like it. I like it. Riesling is a da- Riesling like gasoline in right. this case. Um, right. So listen, thank you for bringing your expertise again. Very yeah. insightful <laughs> pinpoint. Anytime, um, so listen, uh, we're about to get out of here, man. Uh, is there anywhere people can find you? You got social media or anything? People want to find you? Instagram, yeah, B underscore Shepherd seven two, or you can follow my dog. I got okay. a hundred thirty three pound puppy. Oh, he's Winston underscore the underscore Corso on well, Instagram. I will. I'll be putting your Instagram and your dog's Instagram uh, on the on the liner notes for this episode. I got dog energy right now. Like I'm probably going to end up getting a dog sooner than later. It's quarantine. Right. I need like not just because quarantine, but it's just like right. dogs are fucking dope, man. They're the truth. yeah, they are. They really they? are. They're the best, man. They really are. Um, so again, Brian, thank you so much for hanging, bro. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, and you know, we, uh, so we're going to get up out of here, but I want to say, uh, you know, you want to find our show, you can do that open bar, open bar talk at gmail.com. Uh, anywhere we find podcasts, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, make sure you rate review and subscribe to the show. That is how people find out about us. Um, you want to find me, I'm at Jim search on all social media. Jimsearchcomedy.com is a good place to get at me as well. Uh, make sure you put a water between each drink and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>